welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demister. Hope you guys are having a great break. You had a very Merry Christmas. I had a very good Christmas. And I uh, watched a bit of football, of course. Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. Dominic, we were treated to a lot of great football games this Christmas, weren't we? Oh my God, what a doozy of games that is all this week. We truly did. Now things are getting as tight as it could possibly be. Can't wait to get this show started, so let's do it. Let's do it. Week 16 in the books. We're heading into week 17. We got a game tonight between the Jets and the Browns. Should be a good one. Obviously, the Joe Flacco leading the Browns to an incredible historic season. Dominic, I just mentioned there was a bunch of great games in week 16. As per usual, kick us off and let's dissect the game. Well, let's talk about Joe Flacco right off the okay. bat. He, for me, has been the storyline the past couple of weeks. The Cleveland Browns beat the Houston Texans 36-22. to But I must say, the beginning of this game was all Joe Flacco. Wow. We talked about last week how this guy was able to be patient and buying time. And this is exactly his secret recipe. We saw it again this week hitting Amari Cooper on multiple long bombs. Amari Cooper going off 11 receptions, 265 yards, and two TDs. Guaranteed whoever had this guy in their fantasy probably <laughs> advanced. Just a beautiful thing to watch. And, I mean, old man Flacco. You know, a lot of guys had him buried in the Jets. They were screaming for him to retire. But you know what? When you're a baller and you're a gamer and you still have a cannon, you know, in the NFL, as long as you have your arm still able to pass at least, you know, I would say 45 yards, you're good to go. You know, you got the deep ball. Joe Flacco has that deep ball, and he's been finding also a partner in crime. We talked about him, about him last week. David Njoku, again, shows up in this football game, specifically in the red zone. Just a huge red zone target. Six receptions, 44 yards, one TD. I mean, right now, they're rolling with those three guys. The running game still is a bit questionable. They didn't run the ball too well in this game. Jerome Ford, 15 carries. I don't know if the Jerome Ford show should be the, the way forward for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, yeah. Kareem Hunt, I would I really like Kareem Hunt. I just don't understand every time he gets the ball, he doesn't get like he's averaged 1.6 yards a carry. Granted, yeah. Jerome Ford was 1.7. And it seems like Kareem Hunt is only good, uh, kind of like in the in the slot for a nice little screen pass here and there, but you got to give Kareem Hunt the ball. That's the only thing that I'm kind of questioning uh, the Browns going forward. I mean, defensively, bar none, this team is loaded. We all know that. And it's all about how far, William, will Joe Flacco bring the Cleveland Browns? I did a playoff kind of like prediction through the playoff machine predictor. Yeah. And believe it or not, the Cleveland Browns could take the bye and be on a bye week one in the playoffs. There would be a couple of things that would need to happen. Obviously, the Ravens would need, need to lose the last two games, and Miami would need to, I think, lose one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That, be, that being said, the Browns could still be on a bye week. Can you believe that? That's without, you know, losing Deshaun Watson, yeah. losing their starting running back. Man, what a great story if Joe Flacco is. The Browns took it 36-22. to 22. Well, what's incredible, Dom, is that we talk about the quarterback situation and Joe Flacco taking over and Deshaun Watson and having, uh, you know, just guys needing to come in and, and play the quarterback position who haven't been in, in uh, situations before like that to take over and lead a team. And you got like uh, got, uh, Joe Flacco. And what's incredible about him is that he hadn't played in so long, right? You know, you talk about, okay, you know, this is a backup quarterback. He's been here, there, and everywhere. And yeah, he's bounced around, but... For him to kind of pick up where he left off um, and, you know, to to just co have command of this football team. I think that's what's so impressive. He looks like he's been leading this team from week one in the season. And, you know, he's Joe Flacco, right? He's not going to change. He's that gunslinger. He's going to throw interceptions from time to time. But I think that's what makes him such a special player is he doesn't care. Right? He's one of those, you know, not to compare him to Brett Favre, but Favre, he's going to go out there. He's going to throw the rock no matter what, right? If he's throwing interceptions, touchdowns. And Joe Flacco kind of has that moxie to him and that belief that, you know, he's going to go out there and make plays no matter who, um, no matter what the result is. In, he has. He trusts himself. He has confidence in himself and his teammates. But, yes, you mentioned Amari Cooper, 265 yards, 
I love Amari Cooper. I, I love the fact that he's, you know, he's a leader. He's a, he's a humble guy. And, you know, he's never, you look at every single one of his games that he's played, his touchdowns. Classy guy gets the ball, hands the ball to the ref. Another celebrating after a touchdown. Uh, a, a true, true leader. And I think that he very is exactly what this team needed, right? You got your mix of veterans on this team, your mix of young guys. Um, and I think that, you know, Dom, we, with the quarterback, you know, going down at, um, Sean Watson and Joe Flacco having to take over. We kind of forgot that Nick Chubb was done for the year, right? We were able to kind of take over and still win games. But before the season started, this team was a running football team, right? It was Nick Chubb and that's it. Deshaun Watson was coming back from his suspension. Amari Cooper was good, but how much did he have left in the tank? This was Nick Chubb's team and they were going to rely on him. And now he's out and he's, they've done such a good job of adapting and changing. Uh, I don't think we realize how much this team actually relied on Nick Chubb because how fluid they see the offense seems to be without him, right? I think that Kevin Stefanski deserves a lot of praise for coach of the year. Um, and um, lose a guy like not only your quarterback, but a guy like Nick Chubb Dominic is this team was very, very ball uh, run heavy. And now they have to change their, their offense because Nick Chubb has gone. And I think people forget that Dominic. They do. And uh, I think a lot, it has to do with the offensive line. Also, they lost a lot of pieces on that old line. So, their strength was pretty much pounding the ball. But when you get guys that have a you know different skill set, uh, which is obviously what the, the O-line has, they're more pass blocking now than anything else. So a lot of the O-line were predominantly run blockers. Now the new guys that have come in are predominantly pass blockers, enabling Flacco to, to, to buy the time that he needs to find those receivers. But Flacco also seems to be, the key word you said, he has belief in himself. So yeah. it seems like, He's got like this rejuvenated ability to actually roll out of the pocket. He used to be a bit slower in the past. It's it's like he's got an extra gear. And yeah. that comes with the belief in himself. This guy, when he went to the Super Bowl, he didn't throw one pick. That was sick. It's one of those things that, you know, when you're going to win the Super Bowl, guaranteed, you're going to throw a pick here and there. But no, not Joe Flacco. And he's in this aura. He's in this kind of like... His zone and athletes, when they get in the zone, you know, you just don't bet against them. Whoever plays the Cleveland Browns first round, do not bet against the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco is doing a great job. My hat's off to them. And this is the best storyline entering, in my opinion, the playoffs. Let's see how far Joe Flacco can go. Oh, yeah, what a story there. And it's, it was a very Merry Christmas for those Cleveland Browns, exactly. You said, like, everyone's kind of waiting for Joe Flacco to fall off the wagon. You know, maybe he won't be, but I think that could be one of the storylines of this year. We talk about the Browns being in contention for the one seed. Right now, a team that's set um, or in contention to get the one seed is those Baltimore Ravens. And Matt O'Man, did they have a great Christmas being the 49ers, 33-19. to This game was, was a shocker. I think that, look, in this game, I don't think people were surprised the Baltimore Ravens won. Uh, I ended up picking up the 49ers, so I was a little bit, you know, the game was in San Fran. San Fran was, to me, the best team in football. Uh, Baltimore, one of the better teams, obviously, but I thought San Fran was in a league of their own. Um, and, you know, look, I've been a big Rock Purdy supporter. I think that, you know, he deserves uh, MVP contention. I think a lot of people, you know, think it's... Uh, He's good because of the weapons around him. But look, of course, if you had McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Kittle, Ayuk, a lot of people would be good in that offense, right? But it does take a quarterback and a leader to be able to make things going. And I think that Purdy's done a great job of that this season. So I do think that a lot of times um, he gets thrown under the bus. And, you know, people label him as, oh, he's a system quarterback and good because the guys he has around him. And I think that, you know, guys like that uh, were laughing after this game because, this Ravens defense is good. They are very good. But man, oh man, did pretty have a tough time. Four interceptions in the game. Ended up being not benched. He got hurt. He should be okay. Should be okay to play next game. Uh, but there's two, two ways you can look at this game. You can look at the both. They can be both be true. Is, you know, pretty may have got exposed a little bit. And we may have seen some of his struggles. Where we look at it, that this Ravens defense is really good. Uh, and, you know, we talked about it last week. We talked about it over the last few weeks. Is this Ravens offense is fun. You got Lamar. Uh, you know, you got... Uh, Odell, right? Guys like that. You got Flowers, who's mine. Is he a baller? And does he have swag? Uh, but this defense, Dom, uh, it doesn't, rem it reminds me a little bit of the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed days, just because of how dominant they are. They're not, they're not the same. They're not really built uh, the way that team was, but just the way they're dominant and the way they fly to the football is every yard this team gives is earned. 
right? You're not going to get a free five yards on this team. You're not going to get a free screen screen pass. Uh, Kyle Hamilton balled out in this game, two interceptions. This Ravens defense is for real, Dom. And I think that, you know, you could look at it, like I said, the fact that Ravens defense is good, the fact that Purdy got exposed, or it could be a bit of both. I'm not all that worried if I'm a 49ers fan, but I do think that they're going to have to clean things up. And, you know, they may have needed this loss. They were cruising. You know, you talk about a humbling loss, and that was a case for the 49ers. Ravens take it 33-19, to and man, oh, man, do they look good. Yeah, I think this is a case of uh, someone eating too much turkey and being at home and comfortable with the family <laughs> versus the Ravens players in a hotel all enjoying the holidays together. That's how I saw this football game. And the, the game plan for San Francisco, they started off passing the ball versus the Ravens. But this is Ravens secondary. You might think they're a bit of a, you know, a lot of young guys out there that can't play the position. But we talked about the Ravens all years secondary, even when they were beat up, the, the depth they have at that position. No, no, they're deep in the secondary, which basically put Brock Purdy and the 49ers behind the eight ball. I'm not going to blame Brock Purdy's interceptions like they were all his faults. A lot of a lot of those interceptions were tip balls and yeah. it just happened to be good players at the at the right place at the right time. The Ravens just, you know, were able to to get those. And what the Ravens do well is once they got the lead against you, they're able to use their defense tremendously well. It's like they're willing to take the risk and send some blitzes uh, to confuse the opponents. And San Francisco's 49ers offense I don't think it's this gadget kind of offense. It's very simple and it's very kind of like based out of the, the running back position, doing most of the work, Christian McCaffrey and catching the ball in the backfield. But the flow of the game is very important for the 49ers. If the, if the flow is not good, that offense is going to have problems. And they had some problems in this game. Obviously those picks took away the of their flow. They started off very well. But they weren't able to like stay in that dynamic flow that they have been all year long. I'm still a 49ers fan. This this obviously defeat does not take anything away from what they've done. I'm not gonna say Brock Purdy's a one and done quarterback at all. This is just a case of a team playing at home in the holidays. Probably a bit of, a bit afraid of being injured against the Ravens. The Ravens play strong football, right? So maybe yeah. the, the gas pedal was a bit off. They kind of figured it out when they were behind. They're like, shoot, maybe we just should have ran the ball in the beginning because McCaffrey still ran for 103 yards. And yeah. at certain points in this game, you know, like you're like, oh, here comes the 49ers, right? Had they led the game, had they started the game that way with the running game, I think the 49ers could have won this game. But as soon as the Ravens took over, specifically in the third quarter, it was all she wrote. Lamar Jackson, you got to put him on a pedestal right now. This guy's playing MVP football. He probably yeah. might even win MVP. A lot of people were comparing these three guys, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, and McCaffrey. One of these three guys should be MVP this year. But again, I'm not taking anything away from the 49ers. This team will probably win the NFC. It's going to take a big upset for someone to dethrone them. Uh, but uh, congratulations for the Ravens. I'm, I'm impressed with Lamar Jackson all year. Uh, I think the injury to Mark Andrews was a blessing. Yes, how can I say that? It's a blessing because it made this team faster. Mark Andrews, no knock on the guy, but he's, all those injuries that that's, you know, his wear and tear on his body, is, it really showed at one point during the season. I'm like, man, this guy's slow. But when yeah. you got Isaiah Likely uh, playing at a different gear than uh, Mark Andrews, it's like, look, the Ravens are winning without them. So don't be surprised if something ever happens to Mark Andrews in the offseason. The Ravens are rolling. They took this football game. 33 to 19. Yeah, you know, incredible. I'm glad you mentioned the MVP conversation because, uh, you know, Lamar, his name has been thrown out there a little bit more over these last few weeks, and I think rightfully so after this performance. And look, like I said, hopefully the 49ers can use it as a learning experience. Uh, you know, every team eventually kicked in the butt, and, you know, the 49ers did get kicked in the butt in this game. They're good enough. They're obviously a Super Bowl contending team. And, you know, use that. You know, you get to determine a lot from a team with their losses, and, you know, there's a lot of good leaders in that uh, in that group. And hopefully Shanahan is able to turn it around for next week and get them back on track. All right, Tom, we got a minute before our first break. Let's continue to talk about another game. Okay, well, if there's only a minute, let's just go briefly touch upon a weird game, the Washington Commanders and the New York Jets. Yeah. Oh, man, this was a back-and-forth game at the end. It really became close because Jacoby Brissett took over. Poor Sam Howell is going to get, you know, 
all the season is going to be blame on Sam Howell. I don't think this guy should get the blame. I saw him play a lot during the season. Uh, Coach Ron Rivera is the guy that needs to leave the Washington Commanders and let Eric Bieniemy take over this uh, roster and franchise. Uh, they lost this football game 30-28 to on a late field goal. But the Jets just took it to the, uh, the the Commanders. What are your thoughts, William? Should Ron Rivera get fired? Because I think that guy needs to leave the Commanders and bring some fresh new thoughts for the Commanders moving forward. Like he should have been fired yesterday. And I was listening to something that, you, that a lot of people think the Chiefs' offense is struggling because Bianami's not there, right? And I think that look, what's the difference between last year and this year with the uh, Chiefs? Bianami's not there, and I think Bianami definitely deserves a shot at being head coach. Same here. I agree 100%. A game that happened on Christmas Eve, Dom, it was my Miami Dolphins against the Dallas Cowboys. Dolphins take it 22-20 to 20 in this game. Um, and, you know, this was not the high-scoring back-and-forth game that myself, or at least I feel a lot of people, anticipated. Um, but I did find it a good game. And, you know, you look at this game, and if you miss this game, I'll tell you that both defenses played pretty well. Um Miami's defense in the first half did not look all that good. They adjusted. They were able to get pressure on Dak Prescott. Uh, and the Cowboys defense was pretty good, too. You know, and you look at the stats in this game, and you see, yeah, Tyreek, you know, did pretty well. Uh, considering he wasn't 100%, nine catches, 99 yards. But that's Tyreek Hill, right? He didn't get a touchdown, and it was Miami's field goal kicker, Jason Sanders, getting five field goals in this game. Look, if you're a defense and you're making the Dolphins settle for field goals, uh, you'll take it, right? And the Cowboys did that. Game ball goes to Sanders. You know, we, we don't talk about kickers much in the NFL, but Jason Sanders from Miami has had a tough, tough uh, last season and a half, I'd say. And he kicks five field goals in this game, Dominic. Not only that, three of them being 50 yards or more. Uh, hit a 57-yarder, his career high, and then gets a field goal as time expires. Look, I don't like, I know we don't talk much about special teams. It ain't all that exciting, but he clutched up. He made all five of his field goal attempts, made his extra point. Great to see him get back. Um... But it was, you know, it wasn't the most exciting game. I was talking to my buddy Terry, who was a Cowboys fan. And I said, yeah, but, you know, we saw a lot of cool things in this game, right? We saw guys make plays. We saw defenses make plays when, when you know, when the time came. Uh, Doc Prescott went down the field, let his team, did his job, got a touchdown to take the lead. Brandon Cooks made a great catch. And then Tua responded. He went down there, got the Dolphins in field goal range. Uh, and, you know, like, look, I think that, you know, there's no more victories in the NFL. I, that's what I always say. And, you know, Dallas has to find a way to get back on track now for losing two in a row. Um, but this was kind of a good old-school game. Um, and, uh, you know, look, as a Dolphins fan, can't be happier. They clinch a playoff spot for the second time in as many years. They win one of their next two games. They are going to be AFC East champs for the first time since 2008. And if they win their next two games, they will get the one seed and the bye. So I got my fingers crossed there. Good game. Uh, very Merry Christmas to the Dolphins. And game ball goes to Jason Sanders. Dolphins win 22-20. to yeah, big game for the Miami Dolphins. Huge, actually. And the player, in this case, that was the MVP, in my opinion, was probably Tua not throwing an interception. He yeah. couldn't afford making one mistake. He went 24 for 37, 293 yards. Not like outstanding stats in terms of the touchdown yeah. front, but not making a mistake because it would have took one mistake and Dallas probably would have took it. Yeah, well, One said. guy that I want to single out for sure uh, is Vic Fangio. I think Vic Fangio right now is the MVP in terms of the coaching staff. I know Mike McDaniel gets a lot of credit offensively, but in the past few weeks, I really do enjoy the Miami Dolphins defense. And they are the ones, in my opinion, I think it's since Ramsey has entered this team, it's like it's a whole new dynamic for yeah. the Miami Dolphins. Not only can they score points on offense, but they could really play some good defense. And that's going to be key for them if they want to go forward. Now, we just got a huge injury with Waddell, William. What are your thoughts? How far? Uh, high ankle sprain usually is tough. Uh, is it a couple of weeks? What are your thoughts on uh, Waddell being injured? Yes, the good thing is literally just like right on cue a few minutes ago, it's his high ankle sprain, not so, supposed to be severe in this um, in this case. But look, obviously, that'd be a huge blow if he misses any time, especially if he misses his next game against the Ravens. Uh, look, you got Tyreek and you got other good receivers on this team, Dominic. I know they're not popular names. You got Cedric Wilson, you got Braxton Berrios, you guys that come in there and be that wide receiver too. So, yes, it would be a huge loss for um, Miami in this one, but they have the weapons and the depth to still compete. Yeah, you're not selling me on those receivers, unfortunately, William. You're really, <laughs> you're really not. But, you know, they beat a big team, right, with Dallas. So that's why I'm coming back to Fangio. I think that they're going to have to play solid 
defensive football. Yeah. Raheem Mostert is having a phenomenal year for the Dolphins. That running game is going to need to rescue Miami. I really think so. At least if they want to get the first round by, they're going to make the playoffs. We all know that. But if yeah. they want to get that first round by, that's going to be key. So keep an eye on that. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, like, listen, okay, the running game was atrocious. Whatever happened to Tony Pollard, man? Yeah, really. Honestly, 12 carries, 38 yards, 3.2 yards a carry. This guy was supposed to be taking the torch away from Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. He's done not a great job running the football. And I think it's been all about Dak Prescott this, Dak Prescott that. And don't get me wrong, he's delivered to C.D. Lamb. But again, it's another area where... Is this too one-dimensional? Is the CD Lamb show eventually too one-dimensional? I can name you three teams that are that play very similar football. They're all successful, but I still think when you put three guys on them, eventually something might break. Those are the Cincinnati Bengals with, with uh, obviously, Jamar Chase. Yeah. I just think that over there, sometimes uh, it's just too more one-dimensional. And the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles with A.J. Brown. They do have Devontae Smith. You do see him pop here and there. But all these guys... Great receivers, but sometimes you need to get the running game going hardcore to, to kind of flip the game on a dime and not uh, let uh, you know this one-dimensional show take over. Because yeah. defenses are so good, they got so much friggin' tape on you. They'll figure figure you out eventually. They'll see the kind of like schemes before they happen. So keep an eye on that. If that's that's basically for me for Dallas as a Dallas football fan, you know all those Dallas football fans listening, I should say. You yeah. need to kind of like figure out a way to generate more offense other than C.D. Lamb. Jake Ferguson has been a great, great upgrade to this offense. Brennan Cooks is slowly but surely kind of like coming along. And you kind of see Jolin Tolbert, Jalen Tolbert here and there. But you need to see more of these guys. And uh, Dak Prescott, you know, 20 for 32, 253 yards, two touchdowns. That's just an average game. They almost won it, but they lost. The Dolphins take it 22 to 20. I'm not sure how much the Dallas Cowboys are going to need this victory moving forward. Probably not. They seem to be lining up to play as the fourth seed, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll have to see who they uh, line up against. But uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know if Dak Prescott's going to be able to deliver this year, folks. But if it's just going to be the CeeDee Lamb show and the Dak Prescott show, it's not going to be enough. Well, no, definitely not. And I think you made a great point there. Is Pollard has to step it up. You know, he was uh, talked about a lot in the offseason and was going to, you know, be kind of that breakout player and be that new RB1 for this team. But, you know, you saw there, right? You know, Pollard's been a heck of a heck of a player over his career with Dallas. But right in their first drive of the game, he to get the ball. Uh, Pollard gets stopped at the one-yard line. And the very next play they fumble is that's the one thing Pollard is missing, missing is kind of, you know, that power to be able to run guys over. Um, I think it showed in that game and in that play specifically. Uh, you know, they're going to need to be a little bit more creative on the offensive side of the ball. And look, for Miami, yes, you are right that, you know, guys like Wilson and, and Barrios aren't that big names. But what gives me hope is that, uh, you know, in their winning against Dallas, uh, Waddle had one catch for 50 yards in the first uh, first uh, possession of the game. And, you know, that was it. He didn't get a catch throughout the rest of the game. They were still able to get the victory. So hopefully, like you said, they can rely on that Vic Fangio-led defense. That has been great these last few weeks. Uh, and hopefully give Baltimore a run for their money. All right, let's continue with the recaps, Dom. Yeah, let's go and talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Oof. What is going on oh, KC? They lose this football game and have kind of led the Raiders an opportunity to creep back in and maybe take the division, William. Imagine that with oh, that being just the shockers of all shockers. I don't see it happening. What I'm seeing right now is a girl named Taylor Swift who unfortunately <laughs> has wrapped Travis Kelsey around his pinky, and this guy is not playing great football. Or either Andy Reid is just simply not scheming well enough. Uh, he's used him as a decoy for the past, like, six weeks. I had Travis Kelsey on my fantasy. I've been watching him week in and week out, and I'm like, what is going on? This guy is a Hall of Famer. All you could do in a freaking football game is make him the focal point on like what? Let's just say out of 10 plays, seven of them goes to Kelsey. You're going to win the football game. But what they're doing, they're mixing it up with all these weird players that have done absolutely nothing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And when that happens, you know, you're making it more complicated than it needs to be. Pat Mahomes is an elite quarterback. A lot of people will say he's the number one quarterback. So, I mean, come on, man. The Kansas City Chiefs should have beat the Raiders. They should not be nine and six. Yes, they don't have a, a, a running game. Isaiah Peco is not the greatest running back, but 
Like Pat Mahomes, you don't even need a running game when you got Pat Mahomes. I mean, yeah. the guy is just elite. He runs it himself. He's kind of like that Josh Allen as good of in terms of a running quarterback these days. Not as good as Lamar, but I'll put him in the same alley as Josh Allen. In this football game, he ran 10 carries, led the team with 53 yards. Pat Mahomes could do it all. But unfortunately, he doesn't have a receiver. He has Rasheed Rice. But Rasheed Rice, you know, he's not, he's a rookie. You know, he's going to yeah. have his good games. He's going to have his bad games. You need somebody else, which is Travis Kelsey. Granted, he's a tight end. So all this kind of offensive weakness is kind of showcasing itself right now in Kansas City. Will they be able to kind of mask these issues? It, honestly, I think Kansas City is going to make the playoffs. Their toughest game will be the first game of the playoffs. If they can get past that, they can get to the Super Bowl. But that first game, Kansas City could very well be a one-and-done team this year, which is shocking to say because a lot of people will have Kansas City, you know, as pegged as their Super Bowl winner out there. But I'm not buying it. I've watched them all year, and this team sucks. They just <laughs> suck. And it's, it's it's really weird to say because they're they're an, an elite team, but they're not playing like an elite team. And Andy Reid is responsible for not making – stop making Travis Kelsey a decoy. Make him your focal point in the offense. You will go places. They lost this football game to a rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Shame on you, Kansas City Chiefs. Shame on you. You lost this football game 20-14. to 14. Look, I will talk about Kansas City in uh, you know second or two. But if you look at this football game and the way the Raiders won, you talk about old school football. This is older than old school football. This is when football was first invented, when guys didn't have helmets and when there was no <laughs> laces on the football. The Raiders won this game, Dominic, not completing a single pass in the second, third, and fourth quarter. O'Connell <laughs> threw for nine completions, nine, 62 yards. He got sacked twice, and they got two defensive touchdowns in this game. Mind-boggling. They win this game 20-14 to 14 off of two touchdowns on the defensive side of the football. It was incredible. You know, look at this game and you see like this. Talk about false stats. You know, not being able to move the football on offense through the passing game at the very least. So we in this football game, they scored two defensive touchdowns on back-to-back plays. Man, there's that pick six there and the stare down on Mahomes. I think people are fed up of, you know... Kind of this Kansas City, this Kansas City, that you know. Even when Kansas City is not good, we're talking about Kansas City, right? And rightfully so. They've had a mini dynasty going on. They have the best player in football, in my opinion, in Mahomes, one of the best tight ends ever to play the game in Travis Kelsey. And I think that in this football game, Dom, you saw the Raiders were like, you know, enough's enough. You t- you heard it from the coaching staff. You heard it at halftime. It's like this team has beat us way too long. We're tired of being, you know, the younger brother that gets bullied around. We're gonna come in here and shock the world in Kansas City, and that's what they did. They played mean and. For them, uh, you know, they keep their playoff hopes alive through the Raiders, and, and I don't think they'll make the playoffs. It's going to be tough. But so I think that this team has a lot to build off of. And, uh, you know, you look at, you know, where Kansas City's headed right now, and I think that for the longest time, myself included, we thought no matter who was playing receiver there, tight end, coaching, Mahomes could do it all, right? And he definitely can do it all. But, you know, we're seeing right now that, I don't know if he's trying too hard. You know, you got a lot of drops in this football game, and that puts added pressure on him, right? And I think that, He's trying to make plays that aren't there uh, that he wouldn't make in years past. And look, he's always extended plays. He's always made the extra Superman play. I think now he's trying even a little bit too hard, which you can't blame him, right? You know, he can't catch the football. So he's trying to do his best to put his team in position to win football games. And that pick six throw just wasn't there, right? He forced it, threw it to the outside, undercut, pick six, see you later, touchdown Raiders. And I'm not sure right now if Mahomes can do it, you know, and it's not no knock on him. He just doesn't seem to have the guys. This team just, you know, they 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 haven't seemed to figure it out. I think is you know the easy way to see it, but I think they're lacking juice. I think they're lacking composure, and they're lacking leadership. Dom, right? You look at Travis Kelsey grabbing his helmet, throwing it on the sideline. Mahomes too. He's coming up the field. You know, for the most part, he's complaining. Right? You know, looking at Andy Reid, yelling, screaming. I don't see leadership on this team. I really don't. And you know, you, you said it yourself. Rasheed writes, he's a rookie. What do you expect from a rookie wide receiver? Come on, now, you're not gonna. Tell him to put the team on his back and lead him to a Super Bowl. The defense has been pretty good, uh, but you know it's an offensive league, and I never thought, as you know, a football fan, I have to say that they'd have to rely on their defense to, fo- to win football games with the Chiefs. But that seems to be the case now, Dominic. And you know, you talk about the first game of the playoffs. It looks like well, it looks like right now it would be against the Buffalo Bills, and I'm not so sure I wouldn't pick Buffalo to go into Kansas City and win that football game if we're talking about uh, you know games that uh, would happen because uh, Buffalo right now is trending up. 
the Kansas City Chiefs are trending down. So we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully Kansas City is able to get things back on track. But I think this over-reliance on, you know, Mahomes and him being able to figure things out no matter who they have has come back and bite them in the butt. Um, Chiefs fans, I feel you. The sink is not ship. The the ship is not sinking. You're still there. You're still at nine and six. You will probably still win the division, uh, but definitely, definitely got to figure things out sooner rather than later. Um, let's jump to another game. There was a few good games I caught. One game I wanted to talk about uh, was you know those Buffalo Bills, twenty four to twenty two victory over the LA Chargers. Man, the Chargers almost came with the upset. We've seen the NFL be so weird this year that, you know, I was watching this game and I said, there's no way the Chargers can do it. Sick looked pretty good at parts in this game, but it was just the Buffalo Bills being a better team, clutching up and, you know, doing what they needed to do when the time came. Stick made two crucial errors, taking a sack when he had no business taking a sack. It was just rookie mistakes he made uh, in this football game, even though he's technically not a rookie. Um, but yeah, Buffalo Bills come on on top 24 22. Wasn't a pretty victory, Dominic. They still got the job done. But look, if Buffalo wants to be considered that Super Bowl contender that we know they could be, uh, they got to find ways to, to clean things up a little bit. Allen throwing another pick in this game that just wasn't there. But still, they get the win nonetheless. They were still in contention to win that division. And uh, they win this game 24-22 over those LA Chargers. Yeah, another team that has the benefit of having a superstar like Stephon Diggs, who another guy that was... Kind of like in the past couple of weeks, uh, used as a decoy. You could see Gabe Davis really benefiting from uh, maybe probably triple coverage on Stephon Diggs at times. Uh, Gabe Davis, four receptions, 130 yards and one TD. And uh, the Bills are breaking out. Old man playoff Lenny comes out of the garage <laughs> in this football game, getting his wheels shined up. Five carries for 20 yards. Look at Playoff Lenny still able to put four yards average per carry. I think this guy might be down the stretch, a key component to Buffalo's offense. James Cook, you know, having a decent day here, 20 carries for 70 yards. But uh, Leonard Fournette, when the playoffs start, I want to see some playoff Lenny action. I think the Bills would benefit from them, uh, from him. And uh, they took this football game 24 22, very bizarre game to say the least. Yeah, Josh Allen again had a kind of like some brain farts here and there. But I think that when he's uh, settled down, I think Buffalo is going to be okay. They took this football game 24 to 22. Yeah, the bizarre game is a, a great way to say it, Dom. I think it's just been a bizarre and fun year in the NFL. Uh, and yeah, they think that they still have a shot at the division. Like I said, if uh, if they win out, they're playing the Dolphins last game of the season. That should be a doozy of a game. All right, Dom, we still got some time. Let's continue to recap. Yeah, let's go and talk about, I'm going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Giants. So, where is Philadelphia as we speak? You know, they're sitting at 11 and four, but you know, against the Giants, could it could have been more of a blowout, should have been more of a domination aspect of a game. But uh, Jalen Hurts, 24 for 38, 308 yards, one TD, one interception. DeAndre Swift, 20 carries, 92 yards, one TD. And AJ Brown showing up kind of like here and there, six receptions, 80 yards on 11 targets. I don't know about this Philadelphia Eagles yeah. team, William. I just don't know. Uh, that's a good thing because people might uh, have uh, started to kind of like move on from Philadelphia and focus too much on San Francisco. Philadelphia still has a great offensive line, but I don't know. This game, hey, they won this football game. The Giants, you know, kind of put a valiant effort. Saquon Barkley, 23 carries, 80 yards, and one TD. Uh, Darius Slayton showed up here with a big bomb of 69 yards, three reception, 90 yards, and one TD. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think that they just need to find their game with Jalen Hurts. I just think that he, a lot of people had him pegged probably as MVP, but the past few weeks, people have been kind of like a bit more uh, negative on Jalen Hurts' play. He didn't have an awful game here, but we're still waiting to see that guy that made it to the playoffs last year. Yeah, I still think he's 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 there somewhere. Uh, in this football game, they tried to mix it up. You know, Dallas Goddard. You know, he's back, and he, you know he got nine targets in, in this game. I think they're going to need Dallas Goddard. They're going to this guy's going to be a huge key component in the red zone if they're going to have any success. Because yes, Devontae Smith is a play action receiver, and yes, AJ Brown is good. But Dallas Gardart, you need him in the slot. You need him to, to take away the middle uh, from the opposing defense. So let's just see how this plays out. They're, they've become a mystery to me, the Eagles. Yeah. I think they need to win out. If they win out, at least they'll have a bit of momentum entering the playoffs. I'll have a little bit more confidence going 
uh, kind of like picking them maybe as the, the NFC champions. But if they don't win out, if they have a bit uh, kind of like another letback in the in the next game or two, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm fifty fifty on the Eagles. What are your thoughts, William, on the Eagles? Yeah. I think that you said it well. I think that this team has honestly more question marks than answers after this game because, look, they do stop the bleeding on their three-game losing streak. But, you know, to beat a team like the uh, New York Giants, I have to have Tyrod Taylor come in at the quarterback situation, win the game by eight at home. If you're a Super Bowl team, this should be a domination, right? And I get the NFL has been weird this year, but, you know, you're the Eagles. You made it to the Super Bowl last year. You almost won. you got to find a way to win and win convincingly. Uh, the good thing is for them, they got the Cardinals and the Giants once again to end the season. So they should be able to win out. But they're going to have to win two convincing games, Dominic, if they want to have, uh, you know, believe in themselves heading into the postseason. Yeah, they just need to crush both of those teams. Crush them. If you do, then people will respect you. And I think the odd makers also are going to pretty much put you on a pedestal, which, to be honest with you, the NFC... It's kind of weak, you know, like uh, yeah. the San Francisco 49ers right now are the only ones that I'm kind of like really saying that this is the team to beat. Uh, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles would have to be number two right now. So let's see how it plays out. We'll keep an eye on those Eagles, but I expect them to really destroy the next two weeks. And a lot of people will say, oh, they'll sit their guys their last week of the season. But if, they're, if they could play for the bye, you got to put the pedal to the metal. Let's see how they finish that uh, those next two weeks. And I expect fully them to play all the way through and to get that momentum to go into the playoffs. All right, John, we got just over a minute before our final break. We got a few games. Uh, you know, we got the, the, I want to talk about the more impressive wins, bigger wins. Here we got the Rams being the Saints 30 to 22 on Thursday night football. And then Saturday, John, we have your Pittsburgh Steelers winning 34 to 11. You know, Rudolph came in time just for Christmas. Like you mentioned, Dom, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that was that one that hit out of the park there, and he looked good in that one. Two big wins by both teams. You got the Rams and the Steelers. Uh, which one was more impressive, or are they both equally as impressive to keep their playoff hopes alive? Uh, well, Mason Rudolph, not to be a homer here, but no, if of this guy can honestly play like he did, the next game against Seattle is the make-or-break game for... Yeah. I think it could be Baltimore because it's a divisional game, but they got to beat a very tough game in seattle at four o'clock which they don't do fairly well usually so but mason rudolph we're cheering for you yeah for no for sure and that was an incredible game and man did the steelers look good it was a game that you know i picked cincinnati and i gotta give it to you, you did call your steelers in the homework pick well it don't matter just the same so uh a victory is a victory and yeah they looked really good pickings man it was good to see him get going and like i mentioned the rams 30 to 22 I'm telling you, people, watch out for those L.A. Rams. They still have juice left in the tank. Cooper Cup having a, a big game in this one. Um, excuse me, not as big as uh, you know as expected. Six catches, 52 yards. It was Nakua, nine catches, a buck 64, and a TD in this one. Those Rams are, are going to be scary come playoff time. Dom, we got a bit of breaking news. Russell Wilson is being shut down by the Denver Broncos. For me, that's even bigger news because I was thinking of picking him up for my championship fantasy game. No can do. He is done. A little bit surprising with the, the Broncos still in playoff contention. And TJ Hawkinson done for the year, unfortunately, with a torn ACL. Both teams sitting outside the playoff picture, uh, but still having a slim shot at making the playoffs. Hawkinson, unfortunately, done for the year with an injury. And Wilson being shut down, down by the Broncos. Wow, that's big, big news. Yeah. I'm pretty surprised. Not sure if the Broncos could have made the playoffs at the end of the day, the last little stretch. I think it's been kind of like a good season for Sean Payton. We know we saw him struggle. We saw him kind of get blasted in the early parts of the season, but he made it back. He made it a season for Broncos fans out there, but there will be a lot of evaluation. I don't know if Russell Wilson's a long-term answer uh, for the Denver Broncos. I know they gave up a lot to get him. So we'll just have to see. Looks like the next man up is Jared Stidham. I think you could pack it in, folks, for the Denver Broncos because Jared Stidham will not make it anywhere past, what, their their next game? Uh, they yeah. might even bring in a third string after probably an awful game. But, hey, I'm saying too much too early for my picks. Let's just see how I play <laughs> Yeah, the Broncos, I think, very slim shot of making the playoffs, got even slimmer. Uh, continue to, to recap some of the games that happened. Seahawks, an, well, impressive uh, nail-biter victory over the Tennessee Titans, 20-17. Last second touchdown there by Geno Smith to uh, come out on top. Huge win by the Atlanta Falcons, 29-10 over the Colts. Big loss there for the Colts. Atlanta keeps their season alive. Uh, Green Bay Packers went 33-30 over Carolina in a back-and-forth game there. Carolina came back, almost came wait with the victory. We got 
got those the Detroit Lions being the aforementioned Vikings 30 to 24 and that was a great game too a uh, big big performance there by Mullins just coming up short a few too many interceptions there the Buccaneers went 30 to 12 we didn't even talk about the Jags man did the Jags look terrible in this game you talk to uh Trevor Warren Lawrence after the game he says like we just got to figure things out. We just don't look good. No motivation there. Tampa Bay, Dominic, wins 30-12. to And don't look now, but Baker Mayfield be feeling himself a little bit. He's having himself a great last few games. We got the Bears winning 27-16 to over the Cardinals. And like we mentioned with the Denver Broncos, they take a big, big loss, losing 26-23 to over the Patriots. Bailey Zappi coming in, shocking the world, and putting a dagger in the playoff hopes for those Denver Broncos. All right, with all that being said, let's jump into week 17. Folks, two more weeks. Man, this is where crunch time happens. I love this time of year. You got wild card spots up for grabs, one seeds up for grabs, and divisions up for grabs. So let's start here. Game tonight, New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. Dominic, we got old Joe Flacco playing at home, favored by seven and a half against those New York Jets. Seven and a half seems like a lot against a very tough New York Jets D, but... I'm going on the Joe Flacco bandwagon here, and let's take the Cleveland Browns to stun the Jets with a massacre of 35-7. to I do think Cleveland's rolling, and I think Cleveland's defense is going to eat the New York Jets offense. You know what, Dom? Seven and a half is a bit big of a spread. I'm going to have the Jets covering in this game, but not winning this game. This could be a potential game of the week. I know it sounds weird. Jets coming off uh, you know, a bit of a weird game against Washington. I'm going to go 29-24 here for those Cleveland Browns, and they improve and continue their miraculous season. Next up, Saturday game, folks. we got the Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas favored by six in this one, Dominic. This spread makes no sense. Detroit's a great football team. And if Detroit is going to win the Super Bowl, they need to win out. Yes, they need to steamroll the Dallas Cowboys. And believe it or not, I think they will. I think Detroit is going to shock a lot of people with the reemergence of CJ Gardner-Johnson. Keep an eye on him. If he plays in this football game, I'm going to call he picks off Dak Prescott to the house Yes, Detroit will beat Dallas 35-17. to 17. You know what, Tom? I'm with you in this. Oh, wow, it's a big spread. I'm with you in this one. I thought uh, you know you were going to go with Dallas there, and I was going to be the kind of the, uh, well, it's going to be lone wolves here. But no, I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions in this one. Potential game of the week here, too, as well. Look, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity is what I always say. And the Lions have an opportunity here to make a statement. And the Cowboys really need to get back on the winning track. So, you know, I wouldn't be huge for both teams. But no, I'm going to go with this game going to overtime. Give me a 28-25 victory by the Detroit Lions to improve to 12 and 4. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore favored by three and a half. This could very well be what decides the one seed. Miami, one game behind the Baltimore Ravens. If Baltimore wins this game, Miami will have no shot at the one seed. And I believe that clinches Baltimore's chance. Uh, and they will punch a ticket to have home field violence throughout the playoffs. But guess what, folks? I don't see it happening. I see Miami coming out there, winning this football game and being the Baltimore Ravens. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Miami's defense is going to try and do its best to, to uh, spy Lamar. I know a lot easier said than done. But, you know, I like Miami, and I think it could be a very similar game to last year. High scoring, uh, a shootout. Hopefully, Waddle plays in this game. I like Miami's chance in this game. This can be a good one. I'm going to go 31-28 Dolphins. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I Let's do go. believe Vic Fangio can put up a great game plan against Lamar. You need a veteran coach like Fangio to really do it well, and I think he will. This is going to be a running affair on both sides, and I think Raheem Moster gets the best of the Baltimore Ravens. The Miami Dolphins take it in overtime 20-17. to 17. Hey, I like it. Next up, we got a battle of the birds. Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. We got the Eagles favored by 10 and a half. Now, we talked about it earlier in the show. The Eagles need to destroy the next two opponents. They will manhandle the offensive line of the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going with the Eagles big here, 37 to 14. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think Philadelphia understands how important these last two games are for them. They want to finish 13 and 4, and I think they will. I think they start by winning this victory. What's you winning this game? I'm going to go 34 to 13 here. Final score for those Eagles. Next up, a huge, huge game in the NFC South. We got a battle between the New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got the Bucs favored by three. Give me some Baker, man. He's been playing well these last few weeks. I think they get it to get the job done. Him and Mike Evans continue to have a connection unlike any other. Give me Tampa Bay to win this game. I'm going to go a nice uh, 
25-16 here. Final score for those Bucks. Yeah, I'm sticking with my weird prediction of somehow the New Orleans Saints, don't ask me how because I have no clue how they're going to do it. They're going to win this football game and they're going to win the division. I think Alvin Kamara got kind of stuffed last week. He won't get stuffed this week. He will be the difference maker. The Saints take it 24 to 20. All righty, I like it. Next up, we got another divisional matchup. New England Patriots at those Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored by 11 and a half. Yeah, the, you know, these these two teams hate each other. New England always has Buffalo's number. 11 and a half, believe it or not, seems a little too high. I'm going to say Buffalo takes this football game 20 to 13. I'm going to go similar score. I'm going to go 27-20. Don't forget, people, the Patriots did beat the Buffalo Bills earlier on in this season. And Buffalo's coming off an impressive victory over Denver. This has Trap Game written on it, but I do think Buffalo will come out there with the victory. Next up, Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. we got the Texans favored by four and a half. Yeah, I hope C.J. Stroud plays in this football game. He's been in concussion protocol. And honestly, this concussion protocol, I know it's for player safety, but sometimes I think they're just... They're too overprotective. And that's happened because your man Tua, unfortunately last year, was brought back too early. So now they're being a bit overprotective on that. That being said, he will play in this football game. Yeah. And the Houston Texans will come back and win it 27-24. to 24. I do think he's going to play in this football game. Look, right now you want to save the season. I know, like you mentioned, concussions are a big deal. Uh, just somebody tells me he's going to come out there and uh, and play in this football game and ball out. I'm going to go 28-15 to 15 here. Final score for those Houston Texans. Next up, we got the Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears. Chicago favored by three. Look, I said it before, Taylor Haneke, he's not the sexiest quarterback. He's gritty. He's going to go out there and, and you know, for the most part, get the job done. I love the way he plays the game. I love his moxie. I got him playing this game, and I got him winning against the Chicago Bears on the road. I'm going to go to an ugly scoring, low, uh, you know, kind of gritty affair. I'm going to go 20 to 18 here, final score for the Falcons. Yeah, this is a strange football game. It's going to be ugly, as you said. It's in Chicago. It's going to be cold, and Atlanta's just trying to win the division. But I'm sorry, Arthur Smith, you screwed up that quarterback position from the get-go. And the Chicago Bears will eliminate the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, wow. The Bears offense last week was decent. The week before, they weren't. You never know what to expect with Justin Fields. But late in the season in Chicago, Soldier Field, the Bears will take it. Give me the Bears 27-20. to 20. Alrighty, we got the Carolina Panthers playing at the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got the Jags favored by 6.5. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, oh, this is horrible for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're going to try to sneak their way into the playoffs. But believe it or not, Carolina, you know, they might just put the gears towards Jacksonville. And I think Carolina will cover the spread, but won't win the game. Somehow the backup quarterback, ugh, it's going to be ugly. They'll win the football game 20 to 17. You know what I do have? This is a bounce back game for the Jags and Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to go final score 27 to 10 here, Jacksonville. Look, they want to win this division, obviously. And, you know, they're the team to beat in this division. So, you know, it's a bit of a wake up call. Light a fire under your butt there, there, if you're the Jags. So, Jags come away victorious in this one. Next up, we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. We got Indy favored by three and a half. Oh, man, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Indy winning this game and just covering by a point. O'Connell, oh, look, I know it's a great story with them winning the football game the way they did. I can't see it being sustained for another week. I'm going to go 21-20, your final score in favor of the Indianapolis Colts, and they keep their season alive. Yeah, this is a tough game. It's probably the hardest one to call all week. But I'm going to go with the Raiders. When you beat a big team, sometimes that motivation to what if, what if we can win the division? And that team has got guys like Max Crosby. And I think that that guy is just hard to contain. I'm going to say he's the difference maker. Vegas takes it 35 to 30. All right, next up, we got the 49ers at the Washington Commanders. We got San Fran favored by 12 and a half in this one. I think San Fran's wins in this game and they cover. Uh, they got a salty taste in their mouth from their last game. They're going to come out there and squish the Commanders. I'm going to go 33-13, final score, Niners. Yeah, the blame was all on Sam Howell for the entire season, it seems. They're bringing in Jacoby Brissett to be the starter in this football game. He will get absolutely destroyed. San Francisco will have the revenge game. They will annihilate the Washington Commanders 52-13. to 13. All right, next up, we got the LA Rams at the New York Giants. We got the Rams here by five and a half. 
Tough one to call. I know everybody loves the Rams. I want to take the Giants. I just can't. I think Matt Stafford's playing good football, but they will not cover the spread. They will win this football game 24 to 21. Yeah, he is playing great football right now, Dominic. And I'm going to go with him and Nakua and Cup and all that good stuff from the Rams. I'm going to say they win this game 32 to 14 and they keep the good times rolling and improve to 9 and 7. Next up, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. Battle of two 8 and 7 teams. We've got Seattle favored by 3.5. Uh, I want to do the homer pick. I really do. But I know my team. I know when they play at four o'clock and they're going to be in Seattle. This team has a history as Pittsburgh played Seattle and they lost the Super Bowl or Seattle lost the Super Bowl to Pittsburgh. Seattle's going to get a huge revenge game against the Steelers. And I think Geno's probably going to throw a deep bomb to DK Metcalf to seal the deal. Seattle beats Pittsburgh 24 to 20. You know what? I'm going to go very similar score. I'm going to go 25-22 Seattle. They win, but don't cover the spread. This could be a very good game. And, you know, basically a playoff game for each team. So I'm super excited for this one. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go Tyler Lockett gets a touchdown late in this game. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. These teams are used to battling it out in January. We got Kansas City favored by seven in this game. I'm going to go with Kansas City to win, not cover. I've got a lot of close games this week. Kansas City has not shown me they're going to blow out teams. I don't think that'll be the case in this one. I think the Bengals keep it close, but I do think the better team, the Chiefs, come away with the victory in this one. I'm going to go 20-17 to 17 for the Chiefs and the eco to victory. Da, da, da. What's going on in KC? Da, da, da. This is my upset of the oh, week. Oh, wow. I am calling Jamar Chase to go off in this football game because you know what? The one thing Cincinnati does well is throw the ball deep. And if they can get a couple points on KC, which I do believe, the pressure will mount on the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Believe it or not, Cincinnati takes this in overtime. 27 to 24. Wow, I like it, Dominic. Good stuff. All right, we got our 425 game. LA Chargers at the Denver Broncos. We got Denver favored by three and a half. Not sure who's going to be quarterback in this game for either team. I'm going to go with the Chargers to win this game. Look, and officially put the dagger in the Denver Broncos. So unfortunately there. Give me uh, Chargers 17 to 16 in the low scoring affair. I agree with you, William. I think the new, the new coaching staff with the Chargers did a great job, almost beat the Bills. Guys seem to be playing a little harder. The defense will take care of the business for the Chargers. They take this football game 20 to 13. All right, last but not least, Sunday Night Football, our last regular season game of 2023 season. we got the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Excuse me, not the last regular season game. The last regular season game of Week 17. we got the Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota favored by one and a half. I like this spread a lot. I think it's going to be a very close game. And I do got Minnesota coming on top. I'm going to go 26-24 for the Vikings. You know what? I just read that Alexander, their best DB, got suspended for that weird coin toss situation he got involved in. And that might be the difference maker, William. Justin Jefferson will be the guy that will win this football game for the frigging darn Vikings. They just lost Hawkinson for the year, but somehow, someway, Justin Jefferson is able to carry this football team. They take this game in overtime, 23-20. to Good stuff there, Dom Demister. All right, folks, that is it for the episode of the NFL Power Hour this week. Thank you for tuning in. As we always say, without you guys, there is no show. Have a very, very happy new year, everyone. And we'll be back in 2024. Thank you for tuning in. You were listening to CJLO, 16, 9 a.m. in Montreal.